Hi, YouTube. Salutations and shit, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Travel and Shit. I'm your host, D. Carrie, and here at Travel and Shit, we have an experiential conversation about travel versus just simply reviewing locations and destinations. So, jumping right into it, this week I want to talk about guilt. So, I recently, and by recently, um, this Sunday just passed, I had a really, really great conversation with Wanda and a few ladies of the Black Women Digital Nomad Entrepreneur Group. It is one of my favorite Facebook groups that I'm a part of. Um, I just recently came into how useful Facebook groups really are. Um, They've been such a gem for me. So Wanda and her uh, Black Women Travel Podcast group, the Black Women Digital Nomad Entrepreneur group, as well as uh, Maddie James is a really bomb uh, black woman who is an entrepreneur as well. She's an influencer. And when I say Maddie gives and drops all the gems, like sick. Her Facebook group, I want to say is called Boss Fluence now. Um, just the resources in these groups and the, um, I guess you can say the e-relationships that I've been able to develop over the past few months has been really refreshing. I think that we're all starting to see, at least for, I would say, in my experience as um, an 80s baby, I kind of feel like we've had the privilege of growing with the internet, right? So uh, we could all go back to AIM and ASL and all that jazz and really can appreciate all that we've seen in terms of the the, the development of technology and computers in particular. All that being said, I think that the majority of us can agree that we can or have the potential to now be as close to our e-friends as we can be to people that we know in real life. And a lot of us will often say social media is fake and it's not real. And to a degree, it's not as real as many people would have you believe because you absolutely have control over your social media. You get to curate the message that is portrayed. However, I think that... um, it would truly do social media and what we can all honestly say we observe social media to be um, a disservice by saying that all of it is fake, right? So um, I would absolutely encourage you as a little side note to consider if you don't already finding, um, you know, a Facebook group or two that falls in line with interests that you have and shoot the shit, see if you join one and, um, have the opportunity to um, grow from said group. I personally have gotten a lot of really, really good information and useful resources in a couple of, in those groups in particular that I've mentioned and a few others along the way. But um, those two in particular stand out. And um, Danielle, um, Danielle Desir has one, WOC Women of Color Podcasters. 
I really enjoy her group as well. And I've met some of those ladies in real life and um, they have also been really dope people to include in my digital circle of, you know, people that I like to keep up with. All that being said, um, we were able to have a great conversation this weekend and we discussed my, hmm, I guess you could say my baby steps, my beginning phase of becoming a digital nomad, digital nomad entrepreneur. You would think that with all the talking I fucking do that I wouldn't fuck it up as much, but, um, the kid is human, although these looks are angelic. Eh, you like that, right? Uh, so dropped a bar for you. That being said, we discussed my baby steps in becoming a digital nomad. Digital nomad did it again, entrepreneur. And in that conversation, I shared that I ultimately would love to leave the country. I personally would feel as if future me, now this is 35-year-old me now, saying that I believe future Dana would absolutely regret not having spent any time living overseas. Now, I full-heartedly believe that I would likely thrive a little bit more easily if I were to move to a Spanish-speaking country or a country that spoke English. However, I would want to go to one that had a very strong black community. Um, I did absolutely love my time in Colombia, but for me, Colombia would be a little bit too far. And I say it would be too far to, um, to the point of this week's episode. I would feel so guilty leaving my family behind. And by family, I mean in particular my parents and my grandparents. So everybody's getting old, you know, and I love my parents. Y'all hear me talk about my parents so much, um, especially my dad. I'm absolutely a daddy's girl, and he and I are almost attached at the hip. Um I think my dad, my, no, I don't even think, I know my dad absolutely comes and kicks it with me and the dog more often than my friends do. My dad will show up and bring wings and we'll sit, argue over the fact that I don't watch cable, even though he has tried so many times to provide a free service for me to watch cable on. And I can't, I can't see him being any form or shape of okay with me moving out the country. So it would be, it would absolutely kill me to make my dad sad. But I also, you know, just lost one of my grandpas in October. It'll almost be a year soon. And I don't want to say it like started a clock, but it absolutely started a clock. My grandparents have been old from the day I was born to me. You know what I mean? I've always experienced them as the old people in my life. And I never really saw them as old in the, um, I guess you could say, stereotypical sense because they've all been active. They all live on their own. They're all very mobile. They're all self-sufficient, thank God. And um, 
my grandfather that passed was the, uh, he's really the first one, the only one that has any uh, serious, serious health issues. Um, he died of cancer. And so I know that my time with anybody on this planet and anyone else's time with me is limited. Um, but after losing someone close to you, it kind of makes you appreciate the people that you do have more, right? Be patient with me, guys. All that being said, I want to have the experience of living abroad. However, I absolutely didn't get like this in my bag when I had the conversation on Sunday, so I don't know what the fucking difference is now. But I absolutely, absolutely want both. I want to be able to enjoy the time that I have with my family while I have them. However, I don't want to give up on myself and something that I know is really, really important to me. So, the guilt. So, I drew, I I don't want to say drew the line, but I figured, now both of my parents are retired, so they fully have the opportunity now to pick up and visit me whenever they would want to, and for an extended period of time as well. However, because my grandparents are older as well, my parents are, you know, not caretakers, but they're absolutely there to pick them up and take them to doctor's appointments to pick up prescriptions or to make grocery runs or, you know, just to absolutely check on them and make sure that they're okay. And my dad is absolutely that for everybody. All of the older aunts and uncles, even like my younger cousins, like, Growing up, I never realized how much of a community dad I had in the sense that, like, my dad would go to, you know, school for my cousins if their parents couldn't get up there. My dad would always be the one to, he fixes everybody's car. My cousin David, same thing. Like, between my dad and my godfather, who's my cousin David, everybody has the car hookup. Everybody's bringing their car there, and they make sure that we all get one when we need one. We all get it serviced when we need it. And um, my dad is the one that does all the groceries, especially during this COVID. When it snows, my dad has to make sure that, you know, everybody that needs help getting their shit shoveled out or things dropped off and picked up, he's there. So it's not like he and my mom could just disappear for five months at a time because, God forbid, somebody needs something. If my dad's not there, really, who's going to do it, you know? So I kind of said in my mind that if I were to to move outside of the country that I wouldn't really want to do it for um, a period. Like, I didn't see a permanent move. I absolutely don't want it to be permanent. Um, and I don't want it to be too far. That's why even though I loved Colombia, I felt it was a little bit too far for me to um, distance myself from my family. Uh, I figured... Why not Mexico, right? I'd also heard that you only need, uh, well, you don't need, you have the ability to stay there uh, for six months without having to do any visa, any visa paperwork, and um, it's right there. And uh, we could easily, you know, get back and forth. Hell, you could drive if you really needed to, you know? Also, I had suggested to me in the group that uh, Panama 
was close and absolutely has a strong black um, population. I don't think I've ever met a non-black Panamanian in my life. I'm certain they exist, but not to, you know, anyone that I've personally met and knew that they were Panamanian. Um, There's also um, Honduras, um, which is relatively close. And um, I know I've met black folks from Honduras, but Mexico just has a little bit more uh, appeal to me just because it is that much closer. Like it's, we, we share borders, you know? So in my mind, that would be the probably best place that I could settle myself for the experience of living outside of the country without being too far from my family. Now, the conversation ended up being such a joy to have. I was able to, you know, connect with a couple of women who had spent time outside of the country and also women who wanted to travel but couldn't travel. And we, you know, dabbled on the conversation and... It really left an impression on me and got me thinking to what extent have I done, to what extent of my travels that I have experienced have I felt that I've experienced any guilt. So I tend to do um, a lot of introspection, a lot of, you know, deep diving and all that jazz, but I felt as if the conversation around well a broader conversation around guilt and travel would probably be best had with someone else but I absolutely wanted to touch on it just so that you'd have you know an idea of um, another end of it so that when I do go over like all the superficial shit it wasn't just like a completely superficial episode because it was on my spirit and I wanted to be authentic to what was on my spirit so I ultimately do still want to move out of the country. I don't know what it is or what, how that's going to look and what it's going to look, uh, when it's going to happen. But that's, that's something that I can, I would like to think is going to happen. I also thought I'd be married and five kids in the game by the time I was 30, but that was 18 year old me. And we know about how uh, life smiles or doesn't smile on what we have planned for ourselves, right? So I decided to not beat myself up and dive into the what-ifs and the world of anxiety of when I would leave, how I would leave, who I'd leave behind, and just go over, you know what, let's think about shit that I've already experienced, right? So I have a little list here of the things that I have experienced that I did or do actually still experience some level of guilt over. And I've got to say, I'm pretty pleased with the list. I don't really, I don't really have that many travel experiences where I feel like I've left anything on the table. And I got to say that that fucking feels good. That feels good to say. And I absolutely think that I can attest that to me trying so genuinely to be present in the moment when I travel. And I 
impress upon you guys as many times as possible that travel is so much more than vacation. Although you absolutely have the experience of vacation when you travel, they don't always have to um, be a part of the same package. You have the opportunity to explore adventure and do things differently in new spaces and view things differently in new areas. It's kind of like if you um, think about the common theme over discussing vacation with someone, right? If you think of probably the last time you may have touched on vacation with a coworker, right? Something around that conversation was, oh, I can't wait to get away from this place, work. I can't think of, you know, that many of us, sadly, that love our full-time jobs. But for those of y'all that do, my heart is happy for you, and I really wish that for everybody. Because I think that, honestly, if more people in the world were happy, then we would all be in a better place, right? But... A lot of the conversation around vacation is I can't wait to get away from here. I can't wait to do this or I can't wait to not think about X, Y and Z. And I'd like to offer again that when you do travel, that you don't necessarily just completely detach from the things that are stressing you out in your regular life. But you use the opportunity in a vacation or the opportunity in traveling to approach those issues and those stresses from another point of view. When you have less on your plate per se, or if you may have the opportunity to not have as much on your plate in terms of immediate responsibilities, right? We're still coming home to bills. We're still coming home to family responsibilities. We're still coming home to having having to go back to work. All that being said, when you're on vacation or when you're traveling, you don't have to deal with those things. And those, I want to say, or I would venture to assume, are generally the things that many of us stress about most frequently. Work, finances, and family responsibilities, right? So when you're on vacation, you're able to detach from those things. But consider that you have the opportunity to revisit those experiences with a new lens, with a new set of eyes. And because I try to do this when I'm traveling, I find that I'm able to uh, step outside of what my comfort zone is and do things that I wouldn't normally do while I'm home. So while I've been to, shit, how many now? I want to say 22, 23 countries or so. I don't have that many regrets. But, oh, I had to get back to this. Totally missed that part. So I'll get to that tab it in. But before I get that, one of the things that I regret the loot most is riding the elephant in Thailand. So I never intended to do it. Like I didn't go to Thailand and I was in Phuket. I didn't go into the trip expecting or um, wanting to do an elephant ride. I possibly considered, okay, if I do go, I'd want to go to a a sanctuary, but never really gave it too much, you know, additional thought. It was just one of those things where I'll figure it out when I get there. But I absolutely knew that I really didn't want to support something that I um, didn't feel 
safe or comfortable saying was a healthy environment for the animals. By chance, the driver that was taking me to Big Buddha, he was driving me from the hotel that I was staying in. He actually had to stop at the pharmacy because I started feeling sick. And by sick, I mean just like my stomach started hurting. And I couldn't even figure out which way it was going to come out yet. And I always travel with a bag of pills. I have meds for anything that I could possibly think of before I leave. However, I left that in my suitcase. So although I had all the pills, Pepto, Tylenol, Pepsid, um, Aleve, except like I have a pill for everything that anything that I would take home, I absolutely make sure that I have something to bring with me so that I can combat anything and not have to figure out what something says in a different language, find out that I can't find a pharmacy or find out that it doesn't work or that I don't know what the fuck is in it that I'm actually taking. And that's exactly what happened. So thankfully the driver understood what I was saying when I was trying to ask him for like medicine, like pharmacy took me to a pharmacy and there was a woman there that spoke English. Thank God. And I was telling her, listen, my stomach start is starting to hurt. I don't really know where, like, I don't know what to, uh, contribute. I don't know what to attribute the pain or the discomfort to, but help me out what you got. And everything's wild cheap. So she basically gave me a pill for everything and everything of course is in Thai and she's God bless her, trying to explain to me what to take, when to take it, how to take it, and what's for what. And so she gave me everything. I ended up being fine, y'all. But we were driving, and the driver goes, oh, do you want to stop at the elephants? And I'm like, "Uh, do you, like, well, what kind of place is it? You know, like, what's going on? And I don't really remember how he explained it to me, but I got there, and in my mind, I'm like... I'm no Jack Hanna. I would have no idea how to spot, um, you know, an unhappy elephant. You know what I mean? Like, that's not something that was covered in my degree. Um, My course of study didn't have any type of animal uh, observations. So I kind of went into it blind. And I didn't not enjoy the experience, But the whole shit kind of, like, was less than enjoyable, if that makes sense. So you tend to forget, at least I did, not remember how fucking high up elephants are. The niggas is huge, right? So we had to, and by we, I mean me, I had to uh, board, if you will, mount the elephant. And it's, like, on this rickety-ass bench that's, like, fashioned and strapped to the top of it you have you're on like a raised platform and it's about a story up maybe um and you get on top and you're sitting on this bench and they move slow as hell and I don't understand the I guess driver or the um controller I guess with a person that is guiding the animal is sitting like on their neck And it just, it didn't really feel right, but it's like, okay, so I'm already here and it, like, I can't just get off in the middle of the jungle. I also totally forgot 
that being that high up puts you much closer to the trees. And there are a lot of spiders in there. Okay. My brother tried to warn me beforehand. He was like, did you know, like Costa Rica translate to land of the spiders? It doesn't. However, I fucking understand his point. I hate spiders. I hate spiders. I hate spiders. They creep me out. There are no good spiders. Fuck them all. They're unnecessary because if I'm still getting mosquito bites, they're not doing their job. So for all of you that say, oh, they kill the mosquitoes or they kill the bugs, they don't. Because everywhere you go, still fucking bugs. All right? So miss me with that explanation every single time. And I was so scared. I was terrified because not only are these motherfuckers moving slow, they're also like, Let's say there's 12 feet of pathway to walk on. These bitches is walking on the fucking five feet closest to the edge. There's all of this space, all this this ground, all of it. And they're right on the edge where there's like jungle, all like down on the ground, all jungle. But and the elephant is just moving slow as fuck right on the end. And like I'm watching and I'm like, yo, I don't, this, this could be it. I shouldn't have done it. This was totally a bad idea. And you, what are you going to do? So we're moving slow and there's a bunch of like low hanging branches. And so you want to like duck and avoid it. But at the same time, you're sitting on top of an elephant and you don't know if you're going to fall off the rickety ass little bench that's on there. And if I fall off the bench, we on the five feet of space that's on the end of the fucking cliff. So it's just like, all right, so if I, bob or weave too far i'm gonna fall off and then into the jungle and that's it so yeah that's what i get i um did have some moments where i was able to really draw back and not be you know in the midst of all the trees and all that jazz and the scenery was beautiful it was really nice to be in the jungle but um yeah absolutely regret that elephant ride um zero out of ten don't recommend that was not a good experience for me you do which one uh another thing that I definitely think about quite often when I think about things that I wish I'd done differently even though I don't I can't see that I ever would have done it differently. I do often look back on sleeping and sleeping and sleeping the day away. I absolutely missed. It was a lot of rain um, at the beginning of my trip to Thailand. And when I arrived, I got in late at night. I ordered some room service. They had just started talking about some dramatic shit that was happening in Qatar where I just arrived from and I was hearing that they might close off like um, airspace over Qatar and then I'm like oh fuck so I still have to get back home like my layover back home was also in Qatar and in my mind I'm like so is this where an adult cuts their vacation short right do I leave now in the off chance that I may not be able to get back home or do I, you know, take advantage of the fact that I'm all the way in Thailand at this point. So I might as well stay, enjoy my couple of days and see what happens when it's time for me to go home. 
thank God I was able to get home. There weren't any issues that, you know, restricted me from being home without and with any, there weren't any issues that restricted me from getting home and I was able to do so without incident. So amen to that. But that was probably one of the first times I experienced such heavy jet lag. I was hit. Like, it just wasn't happening. And it was really rainy weather out. So it was like, you try to wake up the next day. My body wasn't adjusting because I'd spent about two, three days in Qatar. I don't even know if I was now further ahead. I don't know if I was the same amount of, um, same amount of time ahead. from. I don't know where the fuck I was in the time spectrum. And every time I woke up, it was real gloomy out. And I had a really great view. But it was like there was no sky. There was no blue sky. It was all gray. And it was raining. I was just oh, roll over, went the fuck back to sleep. Turns out it ended up clearing up because the next day when I tried to book the beach excursion that I wanted to Fifi Island, the lady at the, um, I guess, the uh, event table, like the little area in the hotel where you can go and, um, you know, book activities and stuff was like, oh, I'm so sorry. We don't have anything that's going today. Yesterday actually would have been the best day. The weather was beautiful there. So pro tip, if where you're staying has bad weather, consider, not consider, absolutely look into what the weather is doing in the area that you would like to go have your activity because huh, sometimes it's actually nice there. Sometimes you got to suck it up. Deal with the bad weather where you're at just to get to a location that has much better weather um, and vice versa. It may be beautiful and gorgeous outside where you are, but you have plans to go someplace that is outside of that local area and into trash weather. So make sure you pay attention to the weather in the areas, not just where you're staying, but in the areas where you intend to spend your time for the day. So I absolutely um, missed out on that opportunity and I tried and tried and tried to find alternatives to getting there um, that weren't associated with the hotel. Because I think they only had like two trips in a day and I had um, missed the window to go. I think they'd all been booked for um, the current day. So missed that. I looked into like public ferries and um, I tried to Google, you know, different companies that might be able to take. It was a total mess. It ended up not working out. And sadly, I think I may have been like one of, I can't think of how many people have terrible beach experiences in Thailand, but I absolutely did. Um, I've always heard Thailand has some beautiful, beautiful beaches, and I didn't see not a lick of it. The beach by where I was staying was basically like being, it was actually worse than the beach at New York. I could not see my uh, feet when I was in the water to my shins to like not even my calf not like you know the meat of the calf if you will like six inches into the like the water was disgusting I did not let the water get past my lower thigh um there was so much junk and trash like actual trash uh fast food wrappers there was a seatbelt that grazed against me and at that point that was it. But I made it to Thailand and I absolutely was going to step into the ocean, but I didn't get to enjoy it because it was fucking disgusting. Um, the beach was scattered with garbage as well. Um, I tried to lay out and get some sun because the weather did start to get better. 
But it was really hard to enjoy the beach when I didn't get to do all the things that I really like doing at the beach. So I absolutely, in hindsight, can appreciate that my body was tired and I had to kind of listen to what my body was telling me. But in that case, I wish that I did push through so that I could have experienced, um, you know, some of the beautiful beaches that Thailand has to offer. Uh, one of the next things that I absolutely regret, and Ma, you'll remember this one. So I took my mom to St. Martin for her birthday. We ended up going to St. Bart's, and um, we had a great time. Nikki Beach is one of my favorite beaches. It was one of the best experiences I've had. Me and my mom laughed and laughed and laughed and had, like, mad fun. And while we were walking through um, different shops on the island, I came across this beautiful purple, like a deep royal purple. Actually, not too deep. Like a nice eggplant. No, actually, it might have been a little bit brighter than eggplant. Like a Barney purple, but without being obnoxious. So it's that mix between like the vibrancy of Barney and like the richness of the eggplant. Some of y'all feel where I'm going with this. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Shit was fly. It was um, like a drawstring top bucket bag. It was probably about, I'd say 10 by six or eight inches. And it had like one single long, like crossbody strap. I'm not even a pocketbook girl. This shit was fly. And I, um, like the, it was so soft, so soft. And I want to say the shit was like $300. I don't know. I think I looked at the, um, the first price that I saw and was like, Oh, I don't spend $300 on bags. And now mind you, it was in a boutique. So boutiques, a lot of times will have sales. They sometimes don't, you know, necessarily advertise all the time or, just because you see a price in one area doesn't now mind you the tag wasn't attached to the bag it was just like inside so basically what I'm saying is I didn't even ask if that was the correct price I didn't even look into what the conversion was because I was just like nah and my mom was just like well do you do you want the bag she's like I'll buy you the bag and I'm just like this is you don't you don't buy me things like this we don't, we don't gift like this. What? And I'm like, it's your birthday. And she was like, I mean, yeah, but, you know, you got me here. And I'm just like, eh. no, I can't let you do that. I'm an adult child. Thank you. Still, mama, thank you. But I should have let you buy the bag, sis. It was so nice. <laughs> that bag was beautiful. But I just couldn't bring myself to let my mom buy me a pocketbook that was like, that much it um yeah I in hindsight I look back and I kind of wish I had but that is one of the things that I low-key regret silly right it's pretty silly because I don't even really carry pack pocketbooks I'm not a pocketbook kind of girl I don't know if you can tell if you're watching I don't know if you think I look like a pocketbook kind of girl I am a backpack kind of girl or um a tote bag I just really would prefer have, I don't like having things in my hand. That's part of what the appeal to the bag was because it was crossbody. Like though I could totally throw it on hands is free. I'm ready. You know what I mean? I'm ready for anything. I can, you know, stop or I can 
drop. Or I could shut them down, open up shot. Ah, did it again. But, um, yeah, so the bag. Kind of regret that. Um, okay, so next one I have on here is not booking a trip to um, Petra. I went to Israel December that just passed. I want to say it was December. Might have been November. It was after Thanksgiving because I was vegan at the time. Food in Israel was so good, y'all. Israel and Amsterdam. I had the easiest time finding vegan options. Wasn't an issue. All the option, options were wild good and plentiful. Not like when you go to... Listen, I came. I ended up leaving Tel Aviv. No, after Am- Amsterdam was a layover. After I left Amsterdam, I went to Nashville. Can I tell y'all, it was so hard for me to find vegan options in Nashville that that's when I ended up just giving up. I quit. It was early December. That's when I was there because I went for uh, my best friend's graduation. Hey, Delnot. I went out for um, her graduation, and um, I think we'd gone to the mall to pick something up, and I think we decided on Chili's or some kind of American fast food restaurant spot, and we decided on it because you figure, okay, we'll find tons of options. They should easily have a salad. I can just get it without chicken. What's the, like, how bad can this be? I don't want chicken. I don't want cheese. Give me just a salad. Y'all, so hard to find vegan food. It was, it's, uh, it, mm, headaches. Anyway, while I was in Israel, um, I stayed in Tel Aviv, and I had this really, really cute apartment, and I was able to walk to a lot of different, um, like, uh, what do you call them? Restaurants, like really cute, um, small, quaint, great food. And it was a pretty residential area I was in. So it just felt like kind of homely, like it was real comfortable. And unfortunately, I wanted jet lag hit me there as well. And I gave into it. So there's low key, I guess, two out of the four is the trend of jet lag. I hate giving in, like giving into the feelings of jet lag really makes me feel guilty but at the same time, it's a it's a weird kind of guilt that I experience because I absolutely, although I like to remind you guys to, you know, um, experience yourself while you're away, but to also be in the present, like be present with yourself while you're there. And even though travel is more than vacation, you're still vacationing and Take the opportunity to rest should you find that that's what your spirit needs. And so it's kind of like that catch-22. I value and find honor in resting while you're traveling and resting while you're on um, a vacation. But at the same time, it's like I really find that I look at those as missed opportunities. So it's one of those things that I'm still coming to grapple with it's like I fully can see the full benefit in both sides so it's um it's not an and or it's an and if right no if and it's an if and instead of an and or like it doesn't have to be one or the other it can be both so I feel equally about both I feel equally that you should listen to yourself and not overdo it because also 
you don't want to run yourself down to the extent where now you physically can't enjoy yourself. And that's almost where I was that I was almost at that point when I was supposed to have a really incredible layover in Mexico. I started getting sick in Peru after doing that swimming with the sea lions thing. Um, seals or sea lions? I think they were, um, I think they were sea lions. I don't fucking know. The slippery animals in the ocean, right? So, Taking in all of that really nasty-ass salt water and it being cold, um, it took a lot out of me. I spent majority of the rest of that trip in the bed. Um, I ended up going for a really nice walk around the town, around the, the city. I was in Miraflores, and I did a great walk. I tried to really push myself and jump on a free walking tour of the city, but I couldn't find the group that was doing the walking tour. So I ended up just walking around myself. I stopped, picked up some soup, went back, ate it, and I think I dicked around on the internet and just ended up going to sleep. Woke up, ended up going to the airport, I think, the next day, and I was this close to booking a day tour to go explore the ruins in Mexico City and I get to the uh, ticketing uh, desk because I couldn't do mobile check-in or check-in at a kiosk and they tell me hey yeah so your flight's been delayed um okay well how long oh nine hours (laughs) what so nine hours is more than a work shift what we doing sis and mind you, I was still mad early. So I was getting, I'd gotten to the airport like three, four hours beforehand. So the, I got 12 hours before my flight, basically. And so her options were, well, we can comp you, you know, a uh, hotel, or we can just give you free access to our, um, our, you know, to the lounge. And I opted for the lounge because even though a hotel would kind of be nice, I'd still have to pay for the taxi again because I'd already paid for the taxi to get to that bitch in the first place. I'd have to pay for another taxi to get to the hotel, and then I'd have to pay for another taxi to get back from the hotel to the airport, and then I'd have to feed myself. So it's like I ended, like, you, what you doing for me? Not really that much, you know what I mean? And I absolutely wasn't going to just sleep in the airport on my own. So, yeah, I'm going to take your lounge. Of course, there's free food, there's free drink, not alcohol, but there was free food and drink in the lounge. Um, it wasn't the greatest food. It was like, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, not really orders, more like tapas. It was more like tapas food. It was just a whole bunch of like finger shits and uh, yeah. Okay. It was, and they did have an area that did have like a bed, but one, I was a little skeeved out about sleeping on a bed in the airport. Um, and two, there weren't any available. So even if I did want to chance it, throw, um, you know, a jacket down and then lay on top of the jacket because I really avoid germs in all instances. And that was before this COVID shit. I avoided them shits like the plague because, ha, that's what the plague is, right? Germs. So I avoided germs anyway. And so I couldn't, I didn't have a uh, bed at my disposal. So I ended up stuff in my face as much as possible and then I found like uh some chairs in a corner and you know uh I locked my suitcase in the uh lockers that they have so that I wasn't worried about my stuff getting taken um I tried to walk around the airport see what was going around if there's anything I wanted to buy and then I went and just went and slept in one of the chairs but um 
yeah, so that was the experience in um, still Peru, Miraflores, because I didn't make it to Mexico for longer than, I think I was in Mexico for like three hours, so I ended up just going to a restaurant, getting something to eat. But I say all of that to say, because that was absolutely a rabbit hole. Sorry about that, y'all. But I mentioned that because I was already, I think, like at my body's physical limitation. Had I had gotten to Mexico and done a full day's walking tour after already not feeling well, there's no telling what it would have like what that would have transitioned into. Like, I really think I couldn't have got, I could have gotten so much sicker and I would not have wanted to really jump from like the cold weather in Peru at the time to like the much hotter weather in Mexico. And especially considering I would have been outside in the heat and doing like um, a strenuous activity. It would have been walking the entire day. So um, I think that, you know, what's for you is for you. Yeah, you ain't really missing an opportunity. So although I do have a little bit of regret missing, you know, I do feel like I, you know, ooh, wish I could have. I didn't. And I, um, again, let the jet lag hit in Tel Aviv. And I, I don't think it was really jet lag, actually. I think the kid was just being lazy. Because I did get up and go, um, I went to go eat. I picked up some food. I went outside and went for a walk, got some food, looked at some nearby shops. And um, I was this close. Oh, my gosh. So I will say, I want to say it was Abraham Tours. They had uh and Abraham Tours, you, they also were in affiliation with, I can't, oh, I don't know which one it was. Now, I don't know if they have, a, like, a chain of hostels of their own or if that tour group is just affiliated with a certain hostel chain or a certain type of hostel. But I know that I had seen that they offered different tours in um, conjunction with staying at a hostel. I think you got the tour for free but you were able to book this tour separately. And I found this kind of like, not in an underhanded way, but like I found it like I had to finesse it. You know what I mean? So it was just, it wasn't very much um, broadcasted. Like I think I ended up just, I don't know how I ended up on the hostel site. And then I saw that I could, book, you could book tours with the hostel. And then I was looking like, well, since I'm not staying at the hostel, I stayed at this really cute apartment. Actually, the inside was cute, but the outside was wild. Like the outside was like, Ooh, where am I? It took me forever to find the place also. Um, but all that being said, it was, um, I don't know. It just, it was the perfect, perfect tour for me. It was walking through the towns, but they bought you th- to an area where I don't know what the black community was. Like, I don't know what their um, ethnic makeup was or what region or nationality they represented, but they were walking through the tour. Like the tour was walking through the community, uh, food tasting all the ethnic foods in the area and really doing an in-depth social kind of mashup of the, um, the community and the people from the community and just had like, it was 
people, right? And it was culture, and I was so on board, and of course the shit wasn't available while I was there. I think it was only offered on Thursdays, and I was leaving, like, on Wednesday. And I was so disappointed. But that had me digging around for other experiences that I could do. And, of course, there was a day trip where I could have gone to um, Petra, but, again, I was looking at the weather, and it didn't look good. And, actually, I think I did book it. Did I book it? And then they canceled, like they called me like an hour after and was just like either not enough people had signed up or the weather was bad. Either way, the shit ended up not happening. So I was really, really disappointed. But at the same time, I didn't like fight the situation. You know what I mean? So it was just, again, another missed opportunity in the space. Like I think it's a, a in conjunction with spending so much time inside, like feeling like I'm doing the same things that I do at home. So when I'm home, I kind of just chill in the house. I'm completely content, though. Like I don't feel like I'm missing anything when I'm in the house by myself. I have no problem binge watching something on TV. I have no problem diving through the internet and looking into something that I'm interested in, reading a fucking book. And when I travel, I just really feel like I have to experience as much as possible because one, I've spent all my money to get here. And two, I've spent so much time getting here. I hate being on planes. I enjoy traveling, but that commute part, I don't fuck with. I don't even like commuting when I'm home. I don't like really going places because I don't like driving. I hate driving. I've always had a car. I've always driven because I live in Queens. So it's not exactly, it's what we consider like the two-fare zone where I am because I don't live by the subway. So I either have to take the bus, not happening. I hate the bus. So, but I hate the bus more than I hate driving. So I will get in my car before I get on the bus. And I either... um and I, I don't enjoy the, the commuting. Like, that's another reason why I don't really go out and do things because I don't want to drive there. I don't want to look for parking. I don't want to sit in traffic, shit like that. You know what I mean? So it's very um, much the same when it comes to the travel, the commute part of traveling for me. Like, I don't like being in airports. I don't want to sit on this plane. I love being in new destinations, but I don't enjoy the get there at this point. I um, cannot afford yet um, first class or business class. I'm absolutely flying coach with Global Entry and TSA PreCheck, though. So I be feeling fancy. You know what I mean? I'm boarding like a fancy bitch until we get to the gate. And then it's like, yeah, I'm going to chill and wait for my zone. But that being said, I feel that when I fall into the habits that I have at home, it disappoints me so much that that's where my guilt arises, that I've been given this opportunity that I absolutely kind of dropped the ball on on my own. Like, I flubbed it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, for me, the guilt arises when I put myself in a situation that I could have avoided. So it's you spend all this time and all this energy beforehand with all of the information at your disposal only for you to um, fuck it up when you get there. And granted, it's me being in my own head. This is absolutely because of my personality type and who I am as a person at this moment, you know, working through the kinks. But I, um, in this review of my travel guilt, I see that that's what the common thread is. 
So um, knowing what that threat is, though, gives me the opportunity to kind of, I don't say pick at it, like continuously judge myself, but to kind of dive into what that may actually mean in terms of doing the work. You know what I mean? In In terms of bettering myself and becoming not just a better traveler, but a better like world exister. I feel like if we spend more time being present with ourselves, both travel selves and both home selves, we're able to pick out the parts of us that we enjoy the best and focus more on the good, hopefully, as opposed to spending so much time um, harping on the bad. However, it's, in my experience, sometimes um, beneficial to review or examine the bad so that we're able to appreciate the good as well. You know, they say you can't enjoy the sun without the rain, blah, 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 and all that kind of shit. So it's like, I mean, although we all know that we have both good and positive qualities, if we're not paying attention to what those qualities are, it can be really easy to um, get them lost in the mix or, you know, fuck it up in the shuffle of it all. So um, I did mention before what I wanted to um, touch on real quick was not only in like back to the digital nomad thing, um, quitting a job, the guilt that now this is a kind of, it's a little complex. Like I make pretty good money. I don't make a lot of money, but the job I have now, I make more than I've made at past jobs, but I hate the job. The shit don't align with my spirit. Nothing about it except for the opportunity that I have to help people, especially uh, people that look like me. Um, I help a lot of black and brown folks in what it is that I do. And that in and of itself brings me joy in the work that I do. And that's the only thing that brings me joy in the work that I do. But that being said, it's one of those jobs that a lot of people can consider a career. For me, it ain't. It's a fucking job. It's It's not even a job. It's a check. And that's what another thing is I kind of fear or I fear that I will experience guilt walking away from that. And I think that that is because of a level of self-doubt. Because as an entrepreneur, especially in the beginning, you can't always, you don't always know what your breadwinner is going to be. Like at this point with me um, really trying to focus more on the business end of the podcast, like I love just showing up and talking shit. I can talk all fucking day. And especially when it comes to travel, I'll loop anything like I'll put things together and just make it a travel conversation. That's what I enjoy. Right. So the hobby end of this, the creative end of this, it's very enjoyable to me. I really fuck with it. However, the business end of it, trying to market this shit and trying to, um, you know, develop and build and plan and, uh, produce content in the future. Um, it's for me, and my personality type, I'm going to say it that way again, um, that's the difficult end. For me, that is what's difficult. And that being said, I think that not, I kind of, funny I should bring it up because I was actually giving one of my little cousins advice last night. Shout out to you. Love you, kid. Still, always. Um, And I told him that if you do the work and figure out and answer all the questions anybody else can ask you or all the questions you can possibly come up with, then you'll feel more comfortable in making the decision that you make. 
Ain't going to be nothing I can tell you to do because you've done the work to answer all the questions that you in particular have. And if you're really doing the work work, like if you're really looking into it um, responsibly, then you'll be able to answer, you know, outside of the superficial questions that you can ask yourselves. Because, you know, sometimes when we want to do something, we'll be really light about it. We'll just like, oh, we'll ask little baby questions or we'll just tap on the surface. We're like, tap, tap, tap. I'm just going to ask a little bit of this, you know. But no. If you really responsibly do the work, you're going to answer the questions that your mama would ask you. You're going to answer the questions that your best friend would ask you or even your enemy is going to ask you. Anybody that is really, really, I think, um, and I can only speak in my experience, but when you really do the work, I feel like you are able to be more confident in not only speaking about it, but in your experience of it or in your um, willingness to take risk with something and as much as I love the podcast it's been very difficult for me to um, find the joy in all of the business end of it and that brings me right back to the well what about my bread so I get paid every two weeks my account get hit I have good benefits I got dental Uh, I got medical, you know, I have all of this vacation and this job is what has been giving me the opportunity, the financial um, freedom to travel so much. And I don't mean financial freedom like the kid is guapped up, but I'm, I live pretty comfortably. Also, it's just me and my dog. You know what I mean? I don't have uh, a lot of financial responsibility in terms of, um, I ain't got no mortgage, I ain't got a car note, you know, I, I pay rent, but um, I don't have any kids. I'm not saving for, you know, any uh, major purchases or anything like that. So my money is my money, and I do what I want with my money. So the idea of having to be more fiscally responsible scares the shit out of me. Um, and the idea of not knowing where my check come from kind of scares me so it's knowing that if I were to take that leap and you know travel full-time um and by travel full-time I mean being um a digital nomad like making my money from whatever work I'm able to um engage in or produce from wherever I decide to uh locate myself it's on me You know, it's kind of like, well, if you fuck up, then what? You walked away from um, a union-ass job. You know what I mean? And I I know I absolutely can't do this for the extent of what I would need to, you know, work to get my pension or nothing like that. So that ain't happening. But, um, yeah, like, I, I feel as if, and this is absolutely just like anxiety talking because what else would it be? I can't read the future. That wasn't in any of my lesson plans either. But that, I just feel like I don't want. I'm putting the, I guess, um, I'm putting the guilt on myself before I even experience it. And... That is all around walking away from a consistent source of income. Um, I absolutely have no 
plans of quitting my job next week so that I can be a full-time podcaster. Like I ain't there yet, but I'm absolutely in the process of working on being able to support myself with, um, doing a lot of different, um, you know, digital content, finding ways to diversify my streams of income so that I don't have to be, um, dependent on one, uh, place or space for my monies or um, so that I don't have to be in one location should I not want to. Um, Yeah, so that pretty much hit all the points that I wanted to get off my chest after having that conversation with um, Wanda and the ladies of her Black Women Digital Nomad Entrepreneur Group. Um, that is a Facebook group. I actually do also have a travel and shit Facebook page. It's not a group. It's just um, a Facebook page. So I have, a, um, you know, a couple of updates that happen there that don't happen on Instagram. So if you're interested, it's just facebook.com slash travel and shit. I think it's, yeah, just travel and shit. I don't think it's travel and shit podcast. I don't know. Put it in both options. See what comes up if you're so interested. Um in terms of announcements, just head over to Travel and Ship Podcast. I'd really appreciate you taking the listener survey so that I can get to know you guys better and I have um, a sense of what it is you guys um, like about the podcast, don't like about the podcast, um, but want to see more from the podcast. I would love if you would sign up for the mailing list. That can uh, easily be done from the home screen of TravelandShipPodcast.com. You can also check out the merch that I have. And um, if you have any um, friends that are interested in planning their first solo trip, or if you yourself are interested in planning your first solo trip, I've compiled a solo travel planning, solo travel planning course to help facilitate you planning the um, first solo trip that you dream of. Um, it's really me going over all of the tips and tricks that I use to plan my trip so that if you're ready to travel now or if you're ready to plan for a trip for when you're more comfortable traveling, this way you will have a foundation. Because I remember when I first started traveling, I thought I needed X and didn't expect Y. And you're basically able to learn from my mistakes so um, if you're ready to book, if you're ready to plan, or if you know someone that's ready to book or plan their trip and just need a little bit of guidance, I've got that for free. All you have to do is go to travelshippodcast.com. If you go to the shop tab, I want to say that it is, um, av- it, it will, I don't want to say, I know it's available um, either on the shop page or if you go to the um I think it's quick links tab. You can um, get it there. But anything that you're looking for related to the podcast in any form, fashion, would fodder go there? Form, fashion, or fodder? A little bit of alliteration. is all going to be on TravelingShipPodcast.com. Um, and if you enjoy the podcast and if you'd like to show me some love, I'd really appreciate you giving the podcast a rating either on um, iTunes or whatever platform that you do listen to the podcast on. If you'd like a visual to go with listening to the podcast, you can watch me on YouTube. Hey, Ma, she watches it every week. Um, Yeah, and that's uh, Traveling Shit on uh, YouTube. 
So that is it for this week, guys. I appreciate you kicking it with the kid again. Um, And, you know, don't forget, travel is more than vacation. I think I'm going to start doing that at the end of the episode. It feels right. So, yeah, that's it. Bye, y'all.